Okay. okay. Are we ready? Do <laughs> start? I think so. Oh my god. Hi, Kara. Hey, Megan. This is the which is <laughs> you telling me. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we've been recording for like three and a half minutes. But in case you didn't know, this we is the are... Witches Magic Murder Mystery Podcast. I'm Kara. I'm Megan. <laughs> it is a day. A day. We are having of a November. Today's my dad's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Dad. Yeah. He kind of lost his birthday when I was born, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause... That's what you do when you have kids. Yeah. <laughs> you lose true. everything. You do. Give it all up. <laughs> so, yeah. Happy birthday, Dad. Yeah. And I turned 44 this week. I got so many nice birthday messages from you guys. We just recorded a little video unboxing, sort of. We say unboxing, even I though know. there's no boxes involved, but <laughs> opening up packages that we got from you guys. So thank you so much for that. We'll post yeah, it on you Instagram. You are the sweetest. You really, we all. It's just best. so cute how someone will come across something and are like, their first thought is, oh my gosh, Karen and Megan would love this. Yeah. Or like, oh, I'll just have something happen to you. And you're like, I yeah. need to tell Karen and Megan. Yeah. I just think that's the nicest thing in the world. I love you all a lot. Yeah. Do we have anything else to tell you guys? I did want to tell you about the... Oh, my gosh. There's some new merch in the in This the shirt is perfect. It's a sweatshirt. It is going to be in the shop. It's embroidered, and it says, In Witches We Trust, and I love it's it. so good. It makes me really happy. Yeah. And there's also a new sticker sheet that has the Founding Daddy sticker on it. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And a few other stickers. Uh-huh. You know, the sticker sheets always have six, six stickers. Yeah. And I just love those sticker sheets. They're one They're of my so favorite fun. things that we have. I know. I always order one of them for myself whenever mm-hmm. we do them. Yep. Well, if you're ready. Yeah. I have a story for Let's you. Let's do it. I don't even know what to classify it as, and you'll understand that as oh. I get going. Okay. It's just a story. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. 38-year-old Jonathan Luna. Okay. Was an assistant United States attorney living in Baltimore, Maryland, when he was found dead in rural Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Jonathan had been stabbed 36 times. Oh, my gosh. With his own pocket knife. Oh. Before drowning in a creek next to his car. Oh, my gosh. So his death is clearly a suicide. Exactly. Uh Without a doubt. Yeah. Don't you see that? That's what I think when I hear 36 stab wounds. Was the samurai, and it's that's just like, how they die. Okay, by their own sword. Let's talk about who Mr. Luna was. Okay, please. He was born in October of 1965 to a black mother and a Filipino father. Okay, he grew up in the Patterson Housing Project in the South Bronx in New York City. In high school, he often showed up for class in suits and ties. Stop! How I cute. He was six feet tall with. Curly hair and the body of a runner, so he was real. Body of a goddess. (laughs) He was handsome. He loved clothes. His friends called him a fashionista. Oh, how fun! Yeah, we just think about the best personality. Yeah, he's real cute, and he's wearing suits and ties. Yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah, what are you doing? After graduating high school, he went on to get his undergrad degree in history from Fordham, Fordham, Fordham University. From there, he went to the University of North Carolina School of Law. Oh, wow. He just had a real push to, like, make something of himself. Yeah. He worked at a law firm in Washington, D.C., and then the Federal Trade Commission. Oh, wow. Then he went back to New York City to work as a prosecutor before finally moving to Baltimore to become an assistant United States attorney. Wow. He beat out thousands of applicants for that job. That's wild. Thousands. Yeah. He got married in 1993. It had to have been the suits. (laughs) (laughs) He got married in 1993 to an obstetrician. Dr. Angela Hopkins. Gosh, busy people. And they had two children. Um, and they said that he was just like really proud of his wife, oh, you know, because yeah. she like was her 
she'd accomplished a lot of things yeah. on her own. And he was just really proud of her. Yeah. Which I thought was really sweet. Yeah, they had their own lives. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go to December 3rd, 2003. Okay. They have done a really thorough investigation into this. So they're able to piece together a pretty good timeline of Jonathan's movements on the night that he died. Okay. It had been a pretty routine day in court. He was wrapping up a drug case. And a reporter, Gail Gibson, had been covering the case, and he told her not to be late the next morning. She said he told her, you'll want to be here on time because we're going to wrap this thing up tomorrow. Okay. He went home that night, but then went back to his office to finish up a plea agreement that would be presented to the judge the following morning. So, already, Mm -hmm. he's making all these moves that seem odd Yeah. if he was planning to take his own life. right? Right, yeah. And I understand that, like, lots of people behave completely normally. Right. Something about going back to work mm-hmm. to finish a plea agreement. Yeah. And he didn't even finish the plea agreement. He didn't send it in. Oh. So it's not like you're thinking, well, he had to finish up that plea agreement and he so knew he, it. Yeah. So he got that finished up to just tie up. Right. Students. He didn't. Oh. He, like, the next day they go to court. And he's not there. He's not there. And the plea agreement was never sent in. So somebody had to go to his office and find it. Oh, my gosh. And like one of the other attorneys had to sort of piece it together. Yeah. They were like, can you can the court just give us a little bit of time to like finish this up so that we can get this done today? So like it's not even that. Yeah. So already there's just weirdness. Right. Okay. Okay. So at 1138 p.m. So he was there late at night Mm -hmm. working. He got into his silver Honda Civic and left the Baltimore courthouse and went northeast on I-95. He used his Easy Pass on I-95 into Delaware, but not on the New Jersey and Pennsylvania turnpikes. Hmm. After three toll interchanges, he switched to buying toll tickets. So that's weird, but we'll talk about that again in a little bit. Okay. At 12.57 a.m., so now we're into December 4th. Mm Mm-hmm. $200 was withdrawn from Jonathan's bank account from the ATM at the JFK Plaza Service Center near Newark, Delaware. Hmm. At 2.47 a.m., he crossed the Delaware River toll bridge to the Pennsylvania Turnpike. And at 3.20 a.m., his debit card was used to buy gas at the Seneco King of Prussia Service Plaza. At 4.04 a.m., Jonathan's car exited the turnpike at the Reading-Lancaster Interchange. And the toll ticket there had his blood on it, which oh. suggests that he was already injured yeah. at that point. Okay. His car was parked at the back of the Sensenic, Sensenic, I don't know, and Weaver Well Drilling Company in Denver, Pennsylvania, before it was later driven into the creek. So this whole thing took like four hours, Yeah, which it was a 95-mile distance from the Baltimore courthouse to where he ended up. So Okay. Shouldn't have taken four hours. No. But it, it did. did. It's a whole other weirdness. Yeah. At five o'clock in the morning, the first employee of this drilling company arrived, and 30 minutes later, someone noticed Jonathan's car in the creek. Okay. Its lights were off. Its front end was in the stream. There was blood on the driver's door and the front left of the car. Jonathan Luna was face down in the creek under the car's engine, and he was wearing a suit and a black overcoat. His court ID was around his neck. There was a pool of blood on the rear seat floor. Now, I read somewhere that this, like, seeped through from the The back to the front, so I'm not sure about that. Cash was strewn about the inside of the car, and one article said it was about $200 in cash, which is also what was taken out of the ATM. Yeah. So, 
Why was it taken out of the ATM just to be left in the car? Yeah. As I told you, he had been stabbed 36 times with his own pocket knife. Okay. Those stab wounds were to his chest and his neck. Oh, my gosh. And he had a head injury that they think would probably happen when he fell into the creek. Okay. The official cause of death was drowning. Huh. So he must have lost consciousness when he fell. Yeah. So... Now that you have all the details, you can see why they decided it was a suicide. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing suspicious here. No. I mean, this is the FBI that we're talking about. Right. Everything's fine. They're like, he was alone from the time he left his office until his body was found. And there's no suspects and no motive. So. Must be him. So there's no video footage of when he's going through those tolls? There's no video footage. Period. So when he switched over to doing tickets. Maybe whoever could have been in the car with him didn't realize he had an easy pass and mm-hmm. just went That's to... one of the things that leans toward homicide, right? Right. Is that the person, there was another person involved who didn't yeah. know he had an easy pass. Yeah. So maybe he started out on the drive alone. Right. And then somewhere got intercepted. Uh-huh. But why was he going that way? Period. Right. We'll get into all that. Did though. he have a weird meeting that no one knew about? I don't know. I don't So... FBI says suicide. Mm-hmm. The local authorities in Lancaster, including two successive coroners. By the way, I say Lancaster because I grew up in Lancaster, Kentucky, and that's how we say it. Right. They might say Lancaster. They're wrong. <laughs> there is no other way to say that. <laughs> it just occurred to me. I, like, I bet you they say Lancaster. No. I'll Lancaster. never say it any other way. It's Lancaster. Get over Lancaster. It. Okay. So local authorities in Lancaster, including two successive coroners, were like... This is a homicide. Yeah. This is not a suicide. Guys, this is what are you all talking about here? Yeah. yeah. They found some additional evidence, a second blood type oh. and a partial print. And the FBI was still like, no, nah, he did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overall, the results of the investigation were inconclusive. Oh. There's a federal reward of $100,000 for information leading to a conviction. Wow. And this is still unclaimed. Really? Mm-hmm. So, since investigators... And this was 2003. Uh-huh. Wow. It's been 20 years. 20 years. Since investigators can't even completely agree on what happened here, uh-huh. uh, let's discuss the possibilities. Yeah, let's do. So, first up, suicide. Right. The only possibility. <laughs> what? The thing is, like, well, we're just going to go through all of them. I can get on one of these and think... This is absurd. And then I'll talk myself into like, well, maybe it's not. And then I'll go to right. the next one and be like, ah, maybe this one. Nope. Oh my <laughs> None gosh. of them work. Yeah. Okay. So first up suicide. There are some reasons to go with suicide, even though on the surface, it seems ridiculous to me. Uh-huh. Apparently, according to rumors, Jonathan had some secrets. Okay. I don't know how factual any of this is, mm-hmm. but these secrets could have been motives for suicide. He was going to have to take a polygraph test in regard to $36,000 that had gone missing from a bank robbery case that he had prosecuted. I'm going to talk about that more in a few minutes. On top of that, he had a credit card that his wife didn't know about. His name was on an internet dating site. And I want to clarify what I just said. His name is on an internet dating site. Like 
So nobody just said that they were chatting with him on there. Well, and it's also, could it doesn't even mean it's him. Right. It's just his name. Even when I'm Googling this case, there's another Jonathan Luna who's like a pedophile in another, in another right. state. Like, so it's, that could be, it, yeah, it could be anybody. It could, doesn't even mean it's this guy. Right. So I don't really care, but it was listed as a possibility. So I'm just telling you about right. it. Yeah. He had $25,000 in credit card debt. It was also initially reported that he didn't have any substantial defense wounds. And that many of the stab wounds that he had were shallow, which are called hesitation wounds. Mm-hmm. On a, so they're saying like sometimes if someone is going to die by suicide, they will sort of, yeah. ha- you know, have like smaller wounds before yeah. the big one. There are some people who actually knew Jonathan who don't think this makes any sense. Okay. This guy, Rob Ruland, who worked with him in Brooklyn, said John was not a sex maniac. He was not a thief. He was not somebody who cheated on his wife. Jonathan was a person absolutely without vice, if that's possible. It's the oldest trick in the book. It's blaming the victim. And you have to wonder why that's being done in this case. Huh. It's a very interesting thing to say. Yeah. So let's talk about that missing money thing because it's controversial. And I feel like bringing it up makes Jonathan look bad, but it's not as cut and dry as it sounds. Okay. okay? I read a whole article about that case and I'm going to try to make it as brief as I can. Okay. There was this case in September of 2002, a Baltimore man was accused. um, He was being tried for a string of bank robberies and Jonathan and his co-prosecutor had key evidence and witness testimony that put that guy away for 25 years. Okay. Now, part of the evidence was thousands of dollars Mm. that had been found in a safe in the apartment of the guy's accomplice. It was packaged in three heat sealed C3 plastic containers. One container had $1 bills. One container had $5 bills and one container had tens and twenties. Okay. In the article about this, the defendant's attorney was like, when I saw the FBI agent with a card of money rolling down the hall of the federal courthouse, I was stunned because it was so unusual to bring cash into the courtroom. Hmm. So they like wheeled it in yeah. to the court. And that does seem odd. I don't know why you needed to bring it in and show to them. show people money. Yeah. But it, that's just what they did. Okay. After the jury found the defendant guilty... One of the containers of money, the one with the 10s and 20s, disappeared. Oh. It had about $36,000 in it. Okay. So it's unusual that the money was brought into the courtroom at all. Yeah. And then it's gone. Now you've got $36,000 in cash missing from a federal courtroom. Yeah. So there's a federal investigation. Lie detector tests were administered to at least five government employees, but they never found the money. To this day. The money Nobody has never has. turned up, which okay. fascinates me. Yeah, that's wild. Whoever it was got away yeah. with it. Yeah, what on earth? Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm-hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, uh-huh. T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Kara and I received a couple of the products. Oh my we gosh. got a so exciting and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge NCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that 
promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy. And this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay, so I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately mm -hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over yeah. the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing. You know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's right. going to be so tangled. Not with this one. Nice. And it's magnetic. So it's great. So right now, you guys, our listeners can get 30% off their first order at timobeauty.com. T-Y-M-O beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Menopausal and perimenopausal women, listen up. It's time to take control of your health and comfort and Winona is here to help. Winona is a telemedicine company for menopause care who believes that your symptoms are real, important, and deserve to be taken seriously. And for many women, this starts with hormone replacement therapy. Winona's HRT is made with plant-based, bioidentical hormones rather than synthetic ones, so it better aligns with your body to offer relief from hot flashes, weight gain, and other uncomfortable symptoms. 80% of women who use Winona find relief within just 90 days. So what are you waiting for? Get started today. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use code SPRING24 at buywinona.com for 25% off your first treatment plan. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com for 25% off. Winona, menopause care made easy. So then there are all these rumors that Jonathan had substantial credit card debt which made people talk about how he could have had something to do with the missing cash. Okay. He was the prosecuting attorney. The cash was his evidence. Mm -hmm. It happened under his watch. His supervisor was like, personally, I have a hard time thinking that he stole the money. The supervisor also said that the money was left unattended at times, which is crazy. Right. <laughs> like yeah. just leaving yeah. thousands You're of dollars. Like, Let's just there? walk away. What? So there were opportunities for so many people to take it. Right. I mean, Joe Schmo could have taken it. The whole thing about there were rumors that Jonathan had substantial credit card debt. It's like, for one. But that's provable. $25,000 in credit card debt is not nothing. Right. But it's also not insurmountable. Right. I've heard way worse. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I is that so much credit card debt that you would commit a federal crime over as right. a federal prosecutor? Right. Exactly. Or die by suicide over i know i mean is it even true yeah. are people just like yeah whispering and being i know he like, had bills yeah do you even know that or did somebody just start making that exactly. up until they have a story yeah. to tell like this is where things yeah. get so dangerous when people just want to talk exactly and i, I have no idea mm -hmm. regardless of whether jonathan took the money this caused big problems for him at work and there was already like he had this troubled relationship with his boss okay the person who had originally hired him had left now his his first boss loved him like loved him but then the new boss come in and they just didn't like him oh and 
I read this long article about it. The short version is they just didn't get along. It seemed like a personality conflict. There's no big reason that I could find. This just happens. I think it happens a lot when there's a new boss that comes in. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes they just want to clear house and bring in their own people. and assert themselves. And yeah. So now there's this and the boss does have a reason. Right. 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 So Jonathan has a lot of stress. His career is super important to him. He's worked hard for it. And now he's scheduled to take this polygraph test. And some people think. He just couldn't handle it. That all this pressure was just Mm -hmm. too much. The next theory. Aliens. (laughs) Accidental suicide. Oh. This is wild. Oh. And initially, I'm just like, this is so dumb. And then I'm like, oh. is what happens every time. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. This theory is that Jonathan may have been staging a kidnapping and attack. Oh. And went too far and accidentally killed himself. So all those hesitation wounds Mm kind of lean to that too. Mm -hmm. But then his left carotid artery had also been nicked, causing him to bleed out in minutes. Yeah. I do think it's weird that if there was someone else there attacking him, was this a planned attack? Like, why didn't they bring their own weapon? Like, why was it his own pocket knife that was used? Yeah. But it's also like... Did he pick up a hitchhiker and they decided to attack him? Maybe. The smartest hitchhiker in the world who left no physical yeah. evidence behind? Yeah. And didn't rob him? Left the $200? Yeah. I don't know. I don't Why? Know. Why I did they know. kill him? Yeah. Like, I can't figure it out. If I was going to plan my own death, it just seems like there are so many other more efficient, certain ways to do it. Even if you wanted to do it by stabbing a pocket knife. And make it seem like something. Yeah. It's such a weird choice. Yeah. But. You could also use that same argument for why it can't be a homicide. If you wanted to kill somebody, there are so much more efficient weapons to use. Yeah. And then the $200 in cash thing. So strange. Why was it taken out at all? Right. If it was a robbery, why was it left behind? And why did he start purchasing the the tickets instead of using his pass? And then I think he's clearly a smart guy. Was he so smart that he did that on purpose where he's like, if I don't use my easy pass. I want to make it look like somebody. Yeah. But then he was dumb enough to cut his own carotid artery. Yeah. You know, like, is he really smart or not? Yeah. Or was he panicking at that point? I could easily throw out the accidental suicide theory if it wasn't for that $200 in cash being taken from the mm-hmm. ATM. Because that feels like it could look like he was, like, setting up to look like he was being robbed. Yeah. And then if he did accidentally die. But the bank had no cameras? No camera footage has been released anywhere. Huh? I don't know that there was no camera footage. Right. I'm just telling you it's not been released. It's not been released. Wow. The last theory is homicide. Hmm. The Lancaster County coroner who performed the autopsy ruled Jonathan's death a homicide by drowning. Okay. An official from the coroner's office spoke but wanted to remain anonymous and said they had found a fingernail wound that appeared to be defensive. Hmm. He also said, you could argue that the wounds are in places that are self-inflicted technically. But they could also be inflicted by someone who wanted to make him suffer. And it Um, looks like a homicide. Okay. Other things that point to homicide are Jonathan had left his glasses and his cell phone on his desk and he needed his glasses to drive. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. He had called the defense attorneys in the case earlier in the night saying he would fax over the documents, that plea agreement, Uh but he never did. Then there's that pool of blood in the floor of the back seat, which suggests that he could have been in the back seat and right. someone else was driving. This was described in one of the articles as an enormous amount of blood. Oh. 
There's also the weirdness about the easy pass. Yeah. So it makes you wonder if somebody else was driving. Right. As for motives for homicide, as an assistant U.S. attorney in Baltimore, Jonathan had prosecuted about 80 criminal cases and six civil cases. A lot of the cases he prosecuted involved drugs, but there were a few sexual predators, too. Before that, he had been an assistant district attorney in Brooklyn. And there are a lot of people who may have wanted to get back at him. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he dealt with a lot yeah. of dangerous people. Yeah. And he was in the middle of a big drug case. And he made a lot dead. of people angry. Yeah. There's this one writer, Ethan Brown. And I think he made such a good point. Cause he's like, look, if we're going to entertain theories, like he accidentally killed himself or he faked his own kidnapping. These are like these big outlandish yeah. kind of wild theories. Why are we dismissing the idea that it could have been any of these criminals. Right, with. Like exactly. Things, they just too quickly dismissed that idea completely. Mm-hmm. So a few years go by, and in February of 2007, Jonathan's family hired a PI and an attorney who filed a petition to force the Lancaster County coroner to conduct an inquest into Jonathan's death. An earlier request for this had already been declined. Hmm. And then in February of 2020, the newspaper in Lancaster County requested that a judge unseal the coroner's records pertaining to Jonathan's death. But on January of 2021, the judge ruled that the records would remain sealed, writing that releasing the records would pose a threat of substantially hindering or jeopardizing the open, active, and ongoing criminal investigation into the death of Jonathan Luna. Huh. The one that you're saying is a suicide? Yeah, what? So they're making it sound like the case is still open. Yeah. But then nothing I read about the case is made open. it sound like they're doing anything about it. Yeah. And years earlier, they said it had been closed. Right. And then now you're saying they kind of went back on that. Yeah. Well, no, it's still open. It's not really closed. Are you wanting it to stay open so nothing comes out? Then they kind of say like, well, it's administratively closed, which means it's like nobody's actively investigating it, but it's open in case. Something Nobody can out. see the records. Yeah. Basically, that's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. There is a PI on the case who's a former police detective, and he thinks there's more than what's... It's a little sketchy. Yeah. And, you know, you had the guy earlier who I said was like, you know, why are they blaming the victim? You have to wonder what that's right. going on. Yeah, exactly. And this PI, his name's William Buckingham, and he's like, you have a cover-up, which is what I think this is, both mm-hmm. by the FBI and the Pennsylvania State Police. <gasps> like, he just... Oh, my gosh. Him, which is really interesting he not even allegedly they, right yeah <laughs> yeah i'm just quoting he's like i'm guy. calling y'all out over here is what he's saying he thinks it's weird that they won't re- release the coroner's records like even to jonathan's family they won't wow um that's crazy here's the other thing which you keep bringing up the video um i hadn't even thought about the atm thing but this i do think is interesting no video showing luna leaving the courthouse has ever been released by authorities and you know they have videos in there it's a federal or cameras in there yeah the courthouse is and was at the time covered with video cameras yeah. inside and out in every hallway. U.S. Marshal Service security officers monitor the video on banks of screens at the front desk mm-hmm. in the lobby of the courthouse, and any video is presumably recorded. Hmm. The Justice Department has never released a single frame of video of Luna leaving the courthouse. Does hmm. that mean it doesn't exist? Or it's just not public? And then this next part, I'm just quoting directly from the article. Some students of the case suggest that Luna was, quote, marched out of the courthouse by someone with a badge and a gun, and that explains the things he left behind. But that would mean the courthouse video cameras were either disabled, weren't working, or the FBI knows who did this and has been lying about it for 15 years. This seems to be the ultimate conspiracy theory. 
involving the FBI, the U.S. Marshal Service, the U.S. Attorney's Office, and who knows who else. I love a good conspiracy theory. That's the problem. Yeah. Is that we all love a good conspiracy yeah. theory, so it makes you want to be like, That's it. Something crazy That's happened. That's it. Mm-hmm. When it could also not be. But also. Right. Yeah. That's like what makes you're just, Yeah. That's why I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. What I could easily earth? believe any one of these. That is so wild. And, you know, somebody else involved in it, the case was like, you know, he drove an awful long way to yeah, kill himself. For four hours. Like, why would he do that? He but you would go think that, that if he was in the process of stabbing himself while he was driving, because there's blood on the papers, right? I mean, unless he stabbed himself after he parked at the creek or wherever it was and stabbed himself and grabbed blood papers. On ticket. Right. See, so if he was driving and stabbing himself, wouldn't he be driving erratically? Because you'd be like, oh my God, that hurt. Oh my gosh, this hurts. And why like would you be like, driving and stabbing yourself? Yeah. But like, you why would you do it that way? A police officer or a sheriff's officer, wherever county he was in, would pull him over mm-hmm. if he was driving all crazy, if he's stabbing himself or whatever. Like, not that they would see him stabbing himself, but you would be in pain. You mm-hmm. would be, you, you think know, he all would just road. So what? I the don't, attack would happen in a place. Yeah. Instead of like, why is the journey continuing? Yeah. I want to close this out with some kind words about Jonathan, because I feel like the narrative about him is all over the place. Yeah, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if there is some kind of cover up, then there is also a motive to make him look bad. Right. And that may not be fair. Yeah. That could just be part of the cover up. Yeah. There also may be no cover up. I have no idea. Right. Who Allegedly, knows where any of this is going? All of our episodes are, what do we say? We find, there's the words, but I don't know <laughs> what we say, but it, there, it's our thoughts and opinions in response to the information that is publicly available at the time of recording. There you go. Yeah. Don't come so, at us. We don't know. Thomas DiBiagio, mm-hmm. U.S. Attorney for the District of Maryland. Listen, I'm sorry if I butchered your name. He said um, about Jonathan, he served this office, he served the community and the interests of justice with great dedication and commitment. People who knew Jonathan had good things to say about him. Mm -hmm. Just to sort of run through some of the nice things I read, things that were said about him. He was an easygoing person, the kind of guy who could get along with anyone. He was compassionate, selfless, charming, charismatic, gentle. There was a story about how after he graduated college in North Carolina, he found out his dad had cancer. So he immediately like dropped everything put his life on hold just to go home and stay with his parents yeah and he continued to take care of his parents even at the time of his death he was like caring for his parents as an adult that was a big part of his life so nothing about this story screams makes sense yeah at all huh yeah well what on earth i don't know i don't i'd love to hear what you all think yeah i do not know what I just want to know, where is all the camera footage? I don't know. You know there's cameras at the... At the ATM? At the ATM, for sure. Yeah. Was it him? Well, and in the building. Unless he, like, ran down to the parking garage to get something and didn't take that stuff with him. And somebody, like, hijacked him in there and said, you're going to drive in this direction and this is what we're doing. I don't know. I don't either. I hate it. I I don't like it at all. Yeah. He seems like a decent person. Yeah. You know? That's gross. And it's just really hard to say, like, what in the world happened here? Yeah. But it's so easy to believe the conspiracy theories and all that stuff because you you don't know. There's not any evidence out there. 
And if it is something, if he was involved in a drug case and like an FBI informant was involved mm-hmm. or an FBI informant mm-hmm. somehow killed him or whatever, yeah. then that would be covered up. Right, exactly. Because the informant's more important. Is that going to lead to a bigger mm-hmm. case where we got to protect the informant? Yeah. Even if it means yeah. Jonathan's case is never solved and it's yeah. never brought to justice. And that's horrible. So sad. Yeah. And his wife doesn't speak publicly about this oh. case, which is also just... Yeah, I'm sure she was put through it when the stuff about the credit cards came public. And if it's not true, she's just been ran through the mud. Right, because that all could have been part of like... And I'm sure her career and stuff struggled a little bit because of all of it. Well, just the stress of it, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, just... But even all so those rumors she's... could be unfounded. It's right. just stuff people say if yeah. they were trying to make him look bad to right. make, as part of the cover-up. Yeah. If there's a cover-up. If there's a cover-up. Right. Jeez. I know. Huh. So it's a mystery, I suppose, is how we're going to classify this one. Murder question mark? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, so that's the story this week. Okay, well, thanks. You're welcome. Now my brain won't stop thinking about this. I know. Same. Wow. I started working on it. I was like, what? And when I first started reading it, and I was like, suicide? And then it all went from there. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. We love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.